Oh yeah, this is gonna be. This is a bad one. I love when you start out. This is a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can I tell you what I wanted to do, and I didn't even look up to see if it was feasible, but I do think it would be funny. Mm-hmm. Is the speech that Michael Richards gave. Uh, when he apologized for using the n-word on the david letterman oh, show man but i could i couldn't I, I i haven't even like looked up the transcript of that i probably have to like watch the video and transcribe it myself so i don't know if i want to do that and also maybe that's in poor taste that might um, mess up your algorithm like google like, <laughs> well, well or, or it might you. really give us a boost you yeah. know maybe not with the right kind of people but definitely with people that could um uh, use a talking to about daddy issues. So, mm-hmm. have you ever seen that clip? Mm-hmm. It's really funny. Like, um, was that Kramer? because Jerry? Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld brings him on Letterman uh, so that he can give his um, apology. But in his apology, he keeps using the phrase Afro-Americans. Oh, no. And so everybody in the audience is laughing because that is just, like, kind of a funny thing to be doing. And he's Michael Richards, and, you know, we're used to seeing him be funny. And it's one of those things where, like, your stomach drops when you watch it. And then there's a part where, like, Seinfeld is like, hey, guys, knock it off. He's trying to give an apology. Like, just truly, like, horrific. Oh, my God. All right. Let's do this. of the shadow of death I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left because I've been pushing this button in the hatch for so long that even John Locke thinks my mind is gone hi welcome to all the best podcasts have daddy issues a podcast about whether or not lost is a good tv show I'm your host Nolan Pavlich and I'm Emma May that's great <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Everyone thought I was going to be sacrilegious for a second, but nope. Just disrespectful to Coolio. This uh, this episode is about season two, episode ten, the twenty third Psalm. Emma, how are you feeling on this episode? First impressions. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. I really like. Yeah, it. this episode rocks. Yeah, uh, it's so one good. of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Um, my only note is mm-hmm. some of Charlie's dialogue choices that the writers had but otherwise really really good loved it this is like what i want in a last episode yes 100 percent. yeah charlie is pretty i mean he's pretty despicable this episode obviously Mm -hmm. i think that he's kind of honestly like a, a decently good portrayal of somebody trying to like cover up an addiction type of yeah. thing like I, it's it's weirdly good for how out of touch his original episode was with like the you know the rock star stuff and all of that mm-hmm. but yeah i mean charlie is pretty painful to watch the entire episode uh, yeah. but yeah overall i mean this is great mr echo is in my personal opinion I don't know if I've said this on the show before. I'll probably end up saying it again. I think he's the best addition to a, t- a TV show, just like ever. Yeah. Like a character that wasn't part of the original crew, and he wasn't really... I mean, he 
you know, I'm sure that they they always knew that people from the tail section could pop up, but it's not like Echo and in particular was part of the plan. Mm-hmm. And he is just super cool and he um I don't know, this is a great episode. I really like it. His story is so compelling too. And like even before we had a Mr. Echo episode, like he was really bringing it in every episode that he was in. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see him get his his time, his backstory. And I think a lot of that is um, Adewale, Akinoye, Agbaje, because I think that there's people who could be playing the Mr. Echo part and have all the stuff that we had up until, um, up until this point. And it, he could have felt like a really boring character, like just kind of like Anna Lucia's second guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hasn't felt like that this whole time. And I really think that's due to his performance is excellent. Yeah. And adding on to that, too, I think that the flashback, you know, it would have been hard for a lot of actors to let that land and still have mm-hmm. that character arc because we miss so much that's in between. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, just really amazing performance all around this episode. I mean, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, I guess. Um, There's a a Jack episode in this season where we'll see him and he will end up also having those same cornrows. Um, And I'll just say Echo Mm -hmm. pulls him off better. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) Uh, yeah, the, the, the flashback of this episode is a lot. Like, on its face, it is... It's more, it's a completely different show than anything we've had so far. Yeah. Um, like, he, the wiki describes him as a, a warlord, which I, we don't actually get anything like that. I, don't, I, I can't remember if that's maybe informed by future stuff, but I don't think it is. And I think that maybe just is like a, I don't know, I guess racist way of describing him considering he's in Africa. And I guess mm-hmm. that's where warlords are. Um, He's just kind of like a gangster, but, you know, he is, that's the most we've gotten towards that kind of thing. Like, Sawyer is a con man, but he's, he's not violent. Right. Uh, And it, this just is, takes it to a completely different level. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's start off here. This episode was directed by Matt Earl Beasley, a name which seems fake. Uh, Didn't really (laughs) look into it. Seems like it's fake, I, but... I don't know. He's directed a whole bunch of stuff. Nothing that seemed like it was super pertinent to uh, anything we've talked about thus far. Uh, and then the, it was written by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse and aired January 11th, 2005. And I believe we start off with a flashback, right? We start off with a flashback. Um, so it opens up to kids playing soccer, soccer in Africa, um, Nigeria, outside of a church and food market. Uh, Mm -hmm. A group of men show up with automatic weapons and jump out of a truck. And one of them tells the others to get the children. Uh, They're rallying all of the children together and telling the adults at the market to leave. The priest, who is elderly and having trouble, you know, running out to them. This part was really hard to watch. Um, Yeah. He gets knocked out by one of the gunmen. um, And the gunman grab an old man uh, and then also a a little one, one of the smallest children that's outside um, and gets separated from who we'll know later is Echo. It's Echo and his brother. The gunman puts a gun into the child's hands 
and tells them to kill the old man uh, and is yummy little yummy is about to shoot the old man um echo runs to him takes the gun and shoots the man so yummy doesn't have to deal with that burden um gunman laughs and tells the group uh asks him what his name is and we find out that it's echo and then we learn that's when he gets the the nickname mr echo um mm-hmm. and says look at mr echo no hesitation a born killer and rips off his cross Echo gets taken and is brought with the gunman, and um, Yemi picks up his cross. Um, this scene, man, so hard to watch. Like, it just goes from zero to 100 in the first scene for this episode. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, he, uh, Echo has to murder someone to save his brother, like, within, like, the first, like, yeah. three minutes. Yeah, really great, though. I, I do think we should note obviously this show is shot in hawaii so to make it more believable as africa they did the breaking bad um mexico filter on it yeah, they just gave it like it. an orangish filter yeah everything's um, a little yellow and yeah very dusty <laughs> yeah i don't know if breaking bad started that but they definitely popularized it mm-hmm. um which is so funny because they were in a situation where um you know, New Mexico and Mexico look exactly the same. This is Hawaii and Africa, so it's a little bit more uh, forgivable, I think, mm-hmm. here. But, like, they had to find, like, a patch that, of uh, ground that was not, like, just bursting with green. Which is funny, too, when you think about it. I mean, I don't know much about Nigeria, um, but, like, it's not like Africa is all, like, one big desert plain. Right. Like, there's plenty of green in Africa. It's just purely that people wouldn't buy it. If uh, if they showed it as being like a big green place, mm-hmm. but yeah, this it's pretty heartbreaking. I mean, it's um, sets it up so well for you know Echo giving his life to save his brother, essentially um, not dying but giving away his entire life to a uh, pretty good. The the kid too is like believably Mister Echo, mm-hmm. like he like he. I don't. I mean, I guess all it is is they just have a taller kid than all the other kids. Maybe that's what I'm doing. Uh, a very cool first flashback. Back on the island, uh, Claire comes over to talk with Echo and introduces uh, herself and Aaron to him. Um, And Echo talks to her about how Aaron was Moses' brother, who spoke for him because he couldn't speak. Um, Claire is uh, charming in this scene. Mm -hmm. It makes me wish that we got more Claire, which we've wished on the show before this. It sucks that this is an episode that kind of focuses on her, and it really only focuses on her as an object of consequence for Charlie, right. rather than um, rather than a character. But that's been her lot for like half the episode she's been in up until this time. So I guess it's no surprise at this point. But yeah, so Claire uh, speaks with Echo. And then she says, oh, you're so religious, you should talk with Charlie. I mean, this guy, you wouldn't believe how religious he is. He carries a statue of the Virgin Mary around with him. Can you believe that? And uh, this is the exact wrong thing to say to Echo. Mm-hmm. Um, he has her show him the statue. Uh, she does, and he gets like increasingly more irate as soon as he recognizes it and smashes it and reveals inside the little pouch of brown sugar. We do, we get a little scene of Locke resetting the combination to the gun safe, um, and uh, Locke and Locke talks about how he likes in old silent movies when 
bank robbers would be like, uh, you know, holding their ear up to the safe as they cracked the safe and how he really liked that. And Michael gives a, oh, you're not that old man for silent movies. And I, th- I think Locke is thinking of like Looney Tunes. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and I will say this. I agree with Locke. That is yeah. great. That was my favorite part. Have you watched the Ant-Man movies? No. Um, the, for the Marvel ones? Mm-hmm. They're maybe the Marvel movies that I like the most. Um, I do like Paul Rudd. Yeah, that's the thing is Paul Rudd's just charming and fun to watch. Um, I, I heard that the newest one is uh, really bad, uh, and which is a bummer. I don't know. I certainly won't be seeing it in theaters, but I'll, maybe I'll check it out when it's out Disney+. Plus. But the, um, the first Ant-Man, the whole premise is that he's like a bank robber. And there's, like, a whole scene of him, like, showing how to break into, like, this super expensive safe. And it's great. I eat that stuff up. I love it. Mm-hmm. Out on the beach, Charlie is singing He's Evil by the Kinks to Jin. Um, I guess foreshadowing for uh, his his own personal vibe. I don't know. And uh, Echo comes up. I, do, I will say I did like that somebody was trying to interact with Jin. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like a, some thing of like, uh, you can't understand me, can you, you big lug, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, that was nice. <laughs> uh, but Jin is but so annoyed. He doesn't, he's like, can you stop? Like, you're scaring away the fish. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Echo comes up and demands that Charlie uh, tell him where he found the statue. And Charlie tries to stall and uh, says... Um, you know, this and that, and then Echo forces him to go, and he says, all right, well, I gotta tell Claire so she doesn't get the wrong idea. And then Echo says, well, you can tell her on the way, because we're going right now. Mm-hmm. So Charlie knows that he is caught. Then we get our second flashback. Um, a mm-hmm. car drives up to, I'm gonna call it a commune, but it's like a, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I see it. And we see Mr. Echo, he's grown up now, he has cornrows, and a leather mm-hmm. vest, he even has an earring, this mm-hmm. version of Mr. Echo is scary. He's a little dangerous, and we know this from the jump. <laughs> because he's yes, because he's wearing a leather, a sleeveless leather duster. Yes, um, has... I do think it's really funny. Like the the version of this. I mean, I guess it's just maybe this is the difference between you know 2005 um, or 2006. I should say. Did I say two, 2005 earlier? I thought I you think said did, 2006. But... Well. I heard you. Okay. But it's, uh, the version of Echo that's on the island is so much scarier looking than this mm-hmm. one. <laughs> like, if I see both guys walking down the street, I'm, I'm steering clear of Island Echo, and I'm looking at, um, you know, quote unquote, Warlord Echo, and being like, yeah, damn, that guy's cool as hell. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, definitely. But... You know, this echo is supposed to be scary, so we're going to go with mm-hmm. that. It does get mm-hmm. scary, you know, later yeah. on in the scene. So I'll give the set department that. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a drug deal going on, and Echo and his group are having having an exchange. Echo takes one of the bundles of heroin um, that this person is bringing to him um, and very dramatically sticks a knife in it and then licks the heroin off of the blade to test the product. Um, Mm -hmm. Super scary, badass move. And he tells the man who found the heroin that he'll give him 50,000 at Naira. Am I saying that right? The Nigerian dollar? Okay. Um, In exchange for the favor that he's about to do. And the guy kind of 
tries to act like he has the upper hand and he's like, oh, a favor. And Mr. Echo goes on to explain that there's no market for heroin in Nigeria. So he is assuming that this person is asking him to get the drugs out to be sold, uh, which is difficult since the borders are guarded by the military. The only way to get the heroin or brown sugar out mm-hmm. of the country is by air, which is also difficult because the only private planes that are allowed to fly right now are owned by the UN or by Catholic missionaries. Uh, the seller speaks Arabic to his partner and then stands up to seal the deal begrudgingly. And he says, it's true what they say about you. You have no soul. And it's a little funny to think of a drug trafficker telling another drug trafficker they yeah, have no soul, no soul just because, just because he, feels he, like he's he outmaneuvered him in a deal yeah like yeah yeah purely because of money he's done nothing up until this point right except for give him less money than he wanted like you're both acting pretty soulless right now selling heroin <laughs> yeah. so i don't know about that um but mr echo is offended by this and kills both of the men with one swipe of his knife um yeah. whew, that was brutal um, mm-hmm. There is a, a boy um, who is there too um, that his group points a gun at, uh, probably about to kill him. And Echo tells them not to shoot and tells the boy to run and tells them, tell your friends that Mr. Echo let you live. I, I guess that the boy is supposed to be the, the drug dealer's son, but that's never really established. But that's what it says on the on the, oh, the casting it? or whatever yeah i thought in my head when i was watching it i thought that it was just like some like errand kid that the, they had 100%, with or yeah, something like that that they had he there was the kid that was bringing them drinks that worked in the restaurant that's 100 percent what i thought mm-hmm. um and uh uh but i looked it up because i wanted to i was just curious the kid by the way um doesn't say a single word and uh 100 he he looks like he's about to laugh the whole time yeah um which yep. you know that's fun mm-hmm. you, you can't can't get too, too many uh, great kids for actors so that's that's normal um charlie goes to confront claire um she's angry at him because she found the drugs of course charlie tries to claim that he didn't know immediately this is insane um this is a very crazy lie there's a deleted scene that I, I don't normally bring up deleted scenes, but I thought it was interesting where Claire goes to Saeed to ask Charlie if, if Charlie knew that the statue had mm. had hair because because Charlie brought it back when they came back from Aaron mm-hmm. from finding Aaron and Saeed like asked why she wanted to know and she says because Charlie's like helping take care of my baby and I I need to know if he knew this had heroin in it. But I, maybe that was that scene was from a time when Charlie didn't reveal that he knew by the end of the episode. Either way, I mean, very crazy to uh, say that you didn't know that, like, the one thing you would have wanted more than anything was inside the statue that you've been toting around. Right. I am proud of Claire this episode, though. And I'm glad that the mm-hmm. writers weren't just, like, immediately, like, oh, yeah, she'll cave. Like, she's fine. Like, I'm glad that there yes. were some consequences. Yeah, and in this part too, like I like the conflict that she's really being hard on him. Um, he swears that he's not using and uh, dumps out the bags in the sand, and Claire just kind of like brushes him off and says, "Oh, don't you got a field trip to go on with Echo or whatever?" Um, and uh, yeah, I agree. I I'm I like that she is not letting him get away with it. Mm-hmm. Out in the jungle, Locke is teaching Michael how to shoot a gun 
shooting the ranch? I was literally, so in my notes, I had Emma as a Midwesterner. Does it break your heart that a giant container of ranch is being shot? Okay, so I have in my notes, Uh there are at least two survivors who are Midwestern. (laughs) Where this would be their Lord of the Flies, like, breaking moment if they found out that they just shot a giant gallon tub of ranch. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy for it to. I mean, I guess it. I guess ranch is one of the things you need the least. Like it's, but like, at the end of the day, obviously it would be disgusting to do. But like, maybe any food at all you would want to hold on to. Like, yeah. Um, you know, that's fat in there, which you know would not be bad to have more of. Especially when I imagine a lot of the stuff you're eating on the island is either fish or a salad. Um, and ranch right. goes good with one of those. Um. Yeah, very, very weird that they wouldn't just find a good log. Um, or there's a big plenty leaf. of those. Yeah, or some. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they, I guess, they really wanted to make it visceral when Michael shot it. But um, Michael says that he's uh, worried that, uh, or he knows that people are worried that he's going to run off and go after Walt. But he knows that's a stupid idea, and Locke agrees. Uh, and Michael says that he's not going to do it. Um, and then he. Uh, he shoots the the ranch container and it uh, goes everywhere and is completely wasted. What a waste! Yeah, and somewhere somebody is eating a Dharma brand buffalo wing and dipping it into absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Charlie starts taking Echo uh, to where he says he found the statue and he's blaming Echo for his situation with Claire. Just fully unable to even admit that he made any kind of error at all here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he takes Echo to a tree and says this is where he found the statue, but Echo just calls him a liar. He tells Charlie to take him to the plane. So Echo, up until this point, we didn't know that he even knew about the plane, so um, he clearly has some kind of connection with this. Uh, and then uh, Echo asks Charlie why he lied to Claire. And Charlie says, well, I didn't lie to Claire. Um, but Echo catches him saying, what would have been the wrong idea then? Because uh, before you even knew there was drugs in the statue, that you didn't want Claire to get the wrong idea. So what was the wrong idea? Like, Echo just fully, like, destroys him in, like, a sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really great. <laughs> it's it's nice that, I mean, you know, we've talked about it a little bit before, but, like, it's just nice that Charlie is being treated the way that he should be treated now a little bit. Like... He, there was so much stuff that he did in the first season that he just got away with because I think Dominic Monaghan's charming and they didn't want to write Charlie as a villain, but now they're a little bit more comfortable doing that, apparently. It's just nice to see him get checked, too. Yes. Like, yeah, just have consequences for your action. And now we're seeing that more with Claire and with Mr. Echo. It's great. Yeah. Um, Charlie starts doing this whole, like, oh, how dare you judge me, yada, yada, yada. And then um, Echo sees the the smoke monster kind of zipping around in the trees out in the distance um, just for a moment. Then we get our third flashback. Uh, we're at the church where Echo is taken from his brother. Outside of it, there are several of the Virgin Mary statues being sold, um, which is to raise money for a polio vaccine for the village. Mr. Echo approaches the woman who is selling them um, when the priest of the church uh, comes out and asks him what he's doing in their village. 
and Echo says, I've come to give my confession. And uh, the the priest laughs, and we learn that it's his little brother. Um, mm-hmm. So his little brother, Yemi, has taken over for the church, um, and they go inside. Uh, and it's the first time that Echo has been to visit his brother in three years. Um, they're kind of throwing shade at each other, and it seems to be coming from kind of like a playful jab almost until it takes mm-hmm. a really quick turn. But yeah, Echo seems to be teasing him about his brother not wanting to hear his confession and his brother is kind of throwing it back that he doesn't have a penitent heart. Um, so it's a little cheeky, but then it takes that sharp turn pretty quickly and his brother lets him know, hey, I've heard about all the things that you've done. And this gets Echo and he grabs the cross uh, that was once his from his brother's shirt. And um, he has a line that I really like. Um, Have you forgotten how you got that cross, brother? The day they took me is what I did that day a sin or is it forgiven because it is you that was saved? I really like that line. I thought that that was um, really good dialogue between them. And yeah, it's good. He um, he asks his brother if he can use the the church that he's running as kind of a means to ship merchandise and his brother rightly assumes that he's shipping drugs and echo's reasoning kind of makes sense to me i guess like he wants the drugs out of nigeria but of course shipping drugs is shipping drugs you know at the end of the day so um yeah he also wants to get i mean that that's a that's just straight up a lie right like the oh we're just trying to get it out of here like okay well you could also just burn it right now. That's <laughs> then true. it wouldn't yeah. be here anymore either. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but he also wants to give Yemi the money to buy the vaccine for the village. So he's kind of dangling a carrot in front of him. I do think that he's he is being earnest. Like he does want to do something for the mm-hmm. village in regards to the yes. vaccine. But he just like this is his way of doing it. And it's not the right way. Um, mm-hmm. So Yemi... Uh, turns the opportunity down. Um, he keeps pressing it. He kind of brings up, hey, God gave us this opportunity, which gets Yemi to shut it down pretty quick. Um, and he tells Echo that he will always love him, but he doesn't want to help with this. I, I like their relationship. Like you said, how it kind of starts off playful up until, you know, Echo starts wanting something from Yemi. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just that like, you don't even really get the sense that Echo is guilting him necessarily mm-hmm. uh, about about like he I guess he is with like the have you forgotten how you got that cross but I don't know yeah just a good dynamic. He's being manipulative as hell, but I think yes. that he also like there is a piece of it like his heart is in the right place. He's just not a good person right now and like making yeah. bad decisions even though i think he does want to be helpful to his brother and to the village where he grew up yeah yeah i think that's fair well in a little bit more lighthearted scene uh kate gives sawyer a haircut on the beach mm-hmm. um I, I forgot to check and see what she's using i wouldn't be surprised if they just had her if they just had her use like actual hair cutting scissors mm-hmm uh, just, you know, say they found in someone's luggage or something like that. But she tells Sawyer that everyone loves him now. Hurley walks by and says, hey, man, glad you're back. And Sawyer has to call him Pillsbury to 
feel alive again, I guess, or to feel in control of the situation. Um, but he clearly is taken aback by people actually caring about him now. Um, uh, Michael comes up and asks to take Kate's shift in the hatch and tell Sawyer that he's glad he's okay. And it's uh, very, like, you know, two guys um, unable to talk about their feelings to each other. Very cute. Mm-hmm. Charlie uh, is uh, still stalling out in the jungle, essentially. He tells Echo about how it was his brother's fault that he got addicted. And he's just making every excuse in the book at this point uh, to make whatever's going on not his fault. Um, just, you know, pretty pitiful to watch. Yeah. But while they're having this discussion, uh, Echo sees a parachute and they eventually find a priest's corpse. Uh, he you know, rips open the robes, but, uh, or the shirt, I guess, uh, but finds, uh, no necklace underneath. And then he notices it's the guy with the gold tooth. Um, and so he knows it's not yummy. Uh, uh, Charlie asks if he knew that priest and... Echo says uh, that he saved his life. And then Charlie asks if Echo is a priest, which I guess is a fair assumption. Mm-hmm. I didn't like in that scene where Charlie was interrupting his prayer and, like, then, like, snooping around. Yeah. Looking at it. Yeah, that was weird. Like, yeah, come on now. Like. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like that. We get our fourth flashback. Echo is back at the church, uh, but now he has a group with him. And he swings open the doors and walks in while people are in prayer. Um, There's a confessional going on, which he interrupts. Yemi tells everyone in the church to leave. He is furious with Echo. um, And Echo asks him if he has thought more about his request. Uh, Yemi is adamantly against it still. And Echo tells them that instead, like, hey, that's fine, but make us priests then um, so we can do it. And he brought with him ordination papers that just need a signature. Uh, <laughs> Yemi tells them to leave. Um, who saw I that love coming? That he's willing, I love that he's willing to uh, fake being a priest, but is not willing to fake his own brother's signature. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. I didn't think of that. <laughs> Um, but Yemi tells him to leave. Echo has another line that I really appreciate and I think gives us a lot of context to his character on the island, which is, I understand that you live in a world where righteousness and evil seem very far apart, but that is not the real world. And I think in a similar vein, um, one of my favorite quotes so far from season two has also been an Echo, Echo quote. Um, mm-hmm. where he's talking with Locke and he says, don't confuse coincidence for fate. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like see a parallel between those two lines. Like they both kind of give me the same emotion. I'm going to go on a mini tangent here, but bear with me. Um, Echo is a man of faith, but he has seen way too much shit. And he's seen so much evil that I feel like he does have this anchor to him. Whereas Locke's faith, who... You know, is also kind of the man of faith on the island. Um, it comes purely from experiencing this miracle that makes him feel indebted to the island in some way. Mm-hmm. So when Locke ran into the shadow monster and was just ready to let it kill him when Kate threw in the dynamite, um, I think it's because his faith is kind of tied to something that he doesn't completely understand and, mm-hmm. you know, is a little delusional. 
Whereas my take on Echo at this point as a viewer is that Echo's faith is deeply rooted. It's foundational for him as a person, which is why he sees the shadow in that previous scene and feels, you know, fear like a normal person. <laughs> However, he doesn't mm -hmm. really draw attention to it or let it change his path. And, um, you know, like if right. Locke had been there, he would have dropped everything to chase that shadow. Like, yeah, he would have let it take him again. Right, exactly. So I just, I thought that was interesting. It kind of like brought me back to that other line that he had with Locke. Um, anyway, at this point, mm -hmm. Echo threatens him and tells him, hey, I love you and I'd never hurt you, but my friends here who are my <laughs> yeah. henchmen and do everything that I say will burn yeah. your church to the ground if you don't sign this. And Yemi decides to sign the papers. I just think it's funny. This is where the facade kind of breaks down of yeah. him being, you know, uh, the the real nice guy. Uh, he obviously wants to be, but he just has no idea how to do it. Right. Yeah, he's, he's running out of ways to manipulate the situation. Like, it has to go to brute force now. Um, mm -hmm. And it does make Yemi decide to sign the papers, uh, but he tells Echo that he'll never be a priest and he could never be a priest. And Echo decides to buy all 300 Virgin Mary statues and gives him all of the Naira that he needs for the vaccine. And he ends the conversation, um, you know, perhaps we're both sinners now. And Yemi responds, maybe we are, but God will forgive me. Ouch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty rough. <laughs> rough thing to hear from the guy who... Uh... Uh, is maybe the only person you care about on the mm -hmm. planet. Back in the jungle, Charlie says that he's lost. Uh, I think just stalling for time again. So Echo forces him to climb a tree and see. Um, you know, and, Evangeline uh, when... Lily was yeah. on set like, Her... you're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, she was, <laughs> she was up there in the tree. That's the only way they could get him up there was mm -hmm. to put her in the tree first. <laughs> Uh, the smoke monster appears and starts, like, tearing up trees, um, but Echo stands his ground, um, even though Charlie is yelling at him to run. Uh, the smoke monster, so the common theory when this episode came out, and I think that's probably a correct theory, is that the smoke monster kind of scans him here, and so it stares down Echo for a little bit, and then we kind of flat, we get, we go inside the smoke monster, and we get little like flashes of um echoes uh flashbacks um like just like real quick snippets that just like pop up in the smoke mm -hmm. but then it uh the smoke monster just takes off not having harmed anybody so um, when Locke saw the smoke monster in that first time when they met are we to assume that he was also being scanned I think so, yeah. Okay. I think it looked at his past or at maybe just whatever it was going on inside his head mm -hmm. and determined that it was not going to destroy him like it did the pilot of the plane. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Charlie tells uh, Echo that he did see the plane while he was up there after they talk about it for a bit and um, they, they tells him the direction of the plane. Uh, Michael is alone in the hatch and he's clearly just like waiting for something to happen with the computer and then it dings again. Um, we'll just assume for now that this is Walt. Um, uh, we There's really been no other confirmation, but Michael certainly seems to think that it is. Walt says that he's okay, but can't talk long. Um, and he tells Michael that Michael needs to come get him. Uh, but there's more to that message that is cut off and we don't see it. 
Jack comes in to try and reassure Michael about Walt, but Michael is stressed out about the stuff that's on the screen that he obviously doesn't want Jack to see. Uh, so he it's kind of just a one-sided conversation as Jack tries to reassure him. Um, but then eventually Jack kind of like swings over, gives him a clap on the shoulder, and as he's looking at the screen, there's nothing on it. So Jack is none the wiser. Yeah, I gotta say, I think it's weird. Unless there's been maybe other times that he's used the computer that we haven't seen where he's gotten more proof that it's actually Walt. Very weird for him to assume that this is Walt and not like a trick by the others. I think he's so desperate. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He's clinging to the only, like, shred of hope that he has up until this point. Mm -hmm. Flashback. They're on the tarmac and filling the plane with the Virgin Mary statues. Uh, they're all dressed as priests. Um, a cargo van drives up and Echo walks to it and kind of tells the other group members to put their guns down and it's his brother Yemi um he's there to beg him not to go on the plane and he's trying to save his life and uh he knows that whoever is on this plane will die and it turns out that Yemi told the military and uh, after he gives his message to Echo they show up to arrest them uh guns are blazing and one of Echo's associates gets shot um and then Yemi gets shot too. Uh, Echo brings Yemi onto the plane and puts him on the plane. And then the man with the gold tooth who saved his life mm -hmm. ends up kicking Echo out. And so Yemi is shot and taking off in the plane. Um, and at that point, kind of things are settling down on the tarmac. And one of the soldiers walks up to him and asks him if he's okay, father. So he's clearly thinking that he's actually the priest. I, I mm -hmm. think that it's... I, I mean, it's weird that, like, the plan would have just gone off without a hitch if it hadn't... if Yemi hadn't intervened. Right. Um, and that ended up leading to his own death, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. But I think he just wanted to do the right thing so badly, yeah. you know? Well, he guilty. just... He wanted... He wanted Echo to do the right thing. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, he really yeah. wanted Echo to just take off with him and let these other guys get caught in the crossfire. Which, based on how these guys uh, were willing to shoot anybody, seems like maybe uh, everyone would have gotten caught in that yeah. crossfire. But yep. <laughs> So, <laughs> I guess that's just how it goes, though. Um, back on the island, Echo finds the plane and heads inside. He, uh, he sees, he finds Yemi and is able to confirm that it's him he, he gets the necklace off of him it I, it is interesting it did make me think while we we're watching this like i'm pretty sure i should have gone back and watched but when boone finds the plane yemi's corpse is kind of just used as like a jump scare um, yeah i think you're right and it's kind of interesting how they're like they've given this much depth to what was essentially just like a uh a classic like uh, action movie cliche. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he finds Yemi inside the plane. He pulls down cable or a, a what's the word? A pipe, I guess, from the, the plane. A fuel line, essentially. Uh, and lights the plane on fire, giving Charlie a new statue to replace the one that he broke. Um, this is another which distinction is... that I liked between him and Locke. Is mm -hmm. that Mr. Echo is really like, you need to make your own choices. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. Locke was, like, very instrumental in... 
getting Charlie. That's a great quit. point. He, yeah, Locke thought that Charlie, Locke thought that having faith was making Charlie quit, and mm-hmm. Echo thinks that having faith is letting Charlie decide whether or not he's going to quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, fair to say. I think, but maybe Echo has the faith of like a priest, whereas Locke has the faith of like a zealot. Yeah. Or like a cultist almost. Like he's um Locke desperately wants to believe and Echo just believes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie asks Echo again if he's a priest and Echo confirms that he is. And then they recite uh Psalm twenty three, uh incorrectly, by the way. And this is what the wiki says under like its goofs section or whatever. <laughs> um that it in the the episode they say, I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, whereas the actual psalm is, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, and then the writers were like, well, we figured that out later, but then we realized, oh, we'll just keep it in, uh, because um, Echo wasn't actually a priest, so it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, this is horseshit. It's just that they didn't know about it until afterwards. Like, there's no <laughs> way that they thought that. Um, as they're reciting it, and the plane burns. Um, we get a montage. Um, Jin introduces Anna Lucia to Sun, and they bring her a big old uh, grilled-up fish, uh, which is nice. It's interesting that Jin is trying to extend an olive branch. That's not usually his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Libby struggles to put up her shelter, and Hurley comes over to help her with it. Um, which we I would like to get some dialogue between the two of them. Uh, we don't have we don't get any actual dialogue this time. Just kind of like uh, the you know with the montage music over it. Sawyer and Kate check out his new haircut, uh, but they're interrupted by Jack. So I guess just inter- uh, just reminding us that the love triangle exists. Charlie returns and Claire has moved him out. She's packed all of his stuff, uh, moved it, kicked it to the curb, put his guitar with it. Um, he admits to lying about knowing whether or not the drugs were in there, saying it just made him feel safer to know that he had it. Um, and she tells, she doesn't even, like, respond to that, really, to give him, like, a, I believe you or I don't. She just says she doesn't want him anywhere near her or her baby. And, I, I mean, I guess breaks up with him. Is this our first island divorce? I guess so. Um, yeah. <laughs> We see later that night Charlie takes the new statue that Echo had given him, uh, opens a secret little uh, collection of statues that he already had, and adds the new one to the stash. And uh, that's the end of the episode. Pretty... What's the word? I I mean, Charlie, I really wonder where they're going to go with him. Like, this is the lowest he's been on the island so far. Mm -hmm. I would say even lower than when he was uh, going through withdrawals and stuff. So... But yeah, this this episode came in at number thirty eight on IMDb, so okay. pretty high up there. I think, and that's I would about say it I deserves it. it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's good. Um, it's a it's a pretty pretty well done episode. So, Emma, did anything happen on the week of January eleventh, two thousand and six? Yes, yes, it did. So, okay. uh, January twelfth, two thousand six, skateboarding mm-hmm. legend. Tony Hawk okay. got married to uh, Lotsi Miriam. I hope I'm saying her name right. Um, uh-huh. In Fiji. So. Wow. In like an ulterior universe, yeah. Tony Hawk's private plane maybe could have 
crashed, <laughs> and crashed he could have been island. on the island. Yeah. Yeah, he could have been uh, uh, saving heroin with Charlie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tony Hawk, his uh, web presence is so funny to me. Have you seen all the stuff about? There was like a solid like four year period where every single one of his tweets was just talking about people saying <laughs> people that came up and telling him he looked like Tony Hawk. Yes. That, that's so funny to me. That's he, such a funny, like, yeah. He was doing that right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it. <laughs> well, Emma, let's close out this episode the way that we always do, um, without fail, every single episode. Uh, for Season 2, Episode 10, the 23rd Psalm, who would you say is your absolute favorite character? Oh my gosh. I know the standard, obvious answer would be Mr. Echo. But yeah, I, he does kill it this episode, he too. He does like, kill he, it. He's great. He's amazing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the Shadow Monster? We got so much depth <laughs> from the Shadow Monster this episode. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with the Shadow Monster. Yeah, the Shadow Monster was, in its way, kind of a 27th character, if you think about mm-hmm. it. I mean, really, yeah, that's that's a good point. Um Mine, I would have to say, I mean, I agree, Echo was fantastic. I really like Yemi, too. He's mm-hmm. he he's interesting to watch in, like, a way that is... A lot of times when they have, like, the priest character who's, like, lecturing other people on shows or whatever, they come off as, like, very self-righteous. And you definitely believe... You, you buy in this episode that he cares about Echo and is only saying the stuff that he is saying because he wants him to get better. And that he's, um, like, an annoying younger brother. like Yeah, and that too. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so he was great too, obviously. But I do think, for me, it just, it has to be the island, mm. you know? And I don't know if this is too out there to say, but the island is kind of its own character. And especially mm-hmm. in this episode, I mean, we saw all it really took was a color correction filter over the island and... Immediately, we were transported to uh, Nigeria, and so, so true. Um, yeah, I to me the island really kind of takes it this episode. But of course, we will uh, uh, we will see how that goes for future episodes. Well, uh, that's it for this week. Next week we will have uh, the hunting party, which is a Jack episode. I guess it's time for one of those again. Uh, mm-hmm. We the the description says that we will see Jack at the lowest point in his marriage. Oh, I'm trying to get my cat not to step on my keyboard right now. Um, <laughs> like stop it, go away. Uh, the uh, uh, yeah, we'll see Jack at the lowest point in his marriage. So I can't, or at a low point. I don't know if we get the lowest point yet. Um, so I can't wait to talk about that. If you want to give us a review. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, five stars. Five that would stars. be just tremendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, tweet at us at all the best pods on Twitter. Uh, email us all the best podcasts at gmail.com. Tell us about the lowest point in your marriage. Um, and uh, until next week, get, get lost. lost.